a rough weekend, that's for sure. All that fun, all that momentum, and the Guardians get swept by the Giants. We are going to talk about all the games in the series. We'll talk about Daniel Espino's big debut, if you missed that. And we'll also talk about what is going right so far and what is not going right in the early goings for the Cleveland Guardians this season. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, everyone. I'm Jeff Ellis, host of Lockdown Guardians. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is that you get podcasts. For those who don't know me, uh, I used to write at Indians Baseball and Indians Prospect Insider. I've had stuff up here or been mentioned on every Cleveland sports blog that you have ever read or seen, uh, as long as it dealt with baseball and the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, my big claim to fame was being the lead draft and prospect analyst at Scout in 24-7. You might have heard me on local drive time radio. Um, maybe not as much in Cleveland, but... Uh, you know, everywhere else, I've been there quite a bit. Guardians get swept. This was not a fun weekend. Uh, there's just no, no good way to really dive into it. I'm going to say it was, it was ugly baseball all around. Um, the offense was stale. The defense was horrendous. Uh, the pitching was exceedingly mediocre for the most part. And all of that comes together for a, a three-game sweep. All that momentum, and it ends. Let's just let's hit them in order. We'll talk about the minors in uh, episode three. We'll also talk a little bit about the injured list uh, as well. So, you know, the opening day game. Everyone's so happy. Uh, you know, it, it's going pretty well until I mean, until the the wheels come off uh, for the team. You look at, I mean, Plesak doesn't have a bad outing. Five innings, two uh, earned runs, both solo shots, seven hits, four strikeouts. Uh, problem, of course, on the other side of it is Carlos Rondon is just untouchable. They have really struggled uh, in general with him. And, you know, even with the issues in the eighth inning, it's like they weren't going to win this game because they couldn't get to Rondon. They couldn't touch him. Uh, so it doesn't matter that, you know, they, things, you know, went a little off the rails there in the eighth with the um, the error-assisted home run. Uh, and, you know, Jose Ramirez plays stellar defense for the most part. And, I mean, this was almost like the beginning of, like, just bad defensive city. Uh, there's so many issues all along uh, the games for the Guardians. So let's do what we typically do. Even though this wasn't a fun game, who reached base twice? Well, the yet Jose Ramirez, and that's it. After all the success that they've had, there was one player. I mean, Stephen Kwan has been in. See, this is the danger, right? I I think he's going to hit close to 300. I think he can post like a 350 on base. I think he can be an above average hitter. Uh, the first week he had the greatest debut by a hitter in the history of baseball. That's not sustainable. That was going to change. But when you are, most of your value comes from your ability to make contact. There is, you know, this is what I've talked about with, you know, the, um, with Freeman, with Mejia, with a lot of guys who kind of fit that contact profile that the Guardians do like is when you're not making contact, occasionally you'll get into bad stretches. Now, Quan does enough other things to balance that out, but we're kind of seeing that right now, right? So they had, I mean, they got 
one run on three hits and two walks, and they had five opportunities. They got one run. That that's that's low, right? They couldn't get things together in this one. You expect a little bit more. On the other side, San Francisco had four walks and eight hits. They had twelve, and the error gives them uh, thirteen opportunities. I forgot there was a hit batter on each side, so it was actually uh, fourteen opportunities. Wild pitch. I always debate if I want to consider that an opportunity or not, but on fourteen opportunities. Four runs. That's that's about average for the Guardians. That have what do we say? They ended up with uh, six opportunities. One run is low. It's more of an average of two. Typically, I tend to th- see that like three opportunities more often than not gets you two runs or one run. Unfortunately for the Guardians, they just they couldn't string anything together. And you know, there's just some players who are not uh, performing all that hotly. And you know, I I've talked. I spent mostly off season saying Primo Reyes should be the number one. Uh, extension candidate because I wasn't sure if it'd get done with Jose Ramirez. I didn't think Straw and Classe were really on the radar. Uh, Fran Mill, I've been a big supporter of, but he has been he's been bad uh, in the early goings. Now he is not a he's a bit of a slow starter, so especially with no camp, that shouldn't really be a surprise. Uh, in this one, I mean, I think you have to give Plesac one of our three stars for this one. Five and a third innings, two runs. That's two home runs isn't great, but that's solid. Jose Ramirez reached base twice, uh, one of them being a double. Who gets the other one? I mean, I'm half tempted to go with uh, Owen Miller just because he had a, a double as well with his extra base hit. Uh, you didn't. I mean, Connor Pilkington is the only reliever who won a full inning uh, in this one. So you're just kind of like there. There isn't. Remember how we were talking about against the Reds, where it's like, man, we have like four to five good opportunities. This game was more like. A lot of points last year where there's really two players that stand out and then there's everything else. So I look at it and it's like, I'd probably give it to Miller in this situation, but it, this was a game that they deserve to lose. Like, there's no other way around it. This was a boring game. It was a frustrating game and they lost it. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's the way of these things sometimes. So let's move to the Saturday game. Uh, this... You know, we had uh, this is the one that maybe was the most frustrating for me, and it's interesting to like you go and you look at things. It's like there's no errors in this one, but like the eighth inning, because of you know the way baseball works, there's no error, but there probably should have been for that eighth inning. I want to make sure I pull up the correct uh, series of events in this one. So they had a double play ball Taylor made, and Owen Miller makes the wrong break. So it was a force out, you know, right there uh, for the first out. Or, I'm sorry, that was the second out in the inning. And, right, do I have this correct in here? So, yeah, because it started with a pop out, and then you have a wild pitch. So then they've got, you know, their own set of issues. Or no, I'm sorry, pop out ended it. I'm looking at the wrong order. It's the strikeout. The wild pitch came later. But if they get the double play, they get out of it. This is a tie ball game. Now, you can't assume the double play, so there's no error shown here. Sandlin's the loser. I mean, Sandlin wasn't great again. Uh, it's a second bad outing for him in two outings uh, so far this season. But Owen Miller should, you know, this is the problem when you're having guys not play a position <laughs> that they're used to playing. Uh, Owen Miller makes a bad break, and a which should have been an easy double play is not. They get two runs across, and that's a difference in this game. That's like of all the games, it's like this one. And again, this bullpen is so bad for the Giants. 
you know, whatever. Anthony uh, Descalfini, they got two runs off of him. He's one of the players whose velocity and stuff is backed up the most so far this year. If you look at the Inoceros piece from this weekend, uh, he hasn't pitched well. Their bullpen is not good. You know, we know about the Dominic Leone experience as Guardians fans. This game, they, they should have won. They had many opportunities to get into it. And to get two runs on eight hits is, well, I mean, the other side only had five hits. Now, they did have five walks. The Guardians gave a lot of free passes in this one, and that was part of their problem. But, I mean, even my co-host over here is upset. Let's see. I want to hop in. He's got things to say after trying to watch this game on Saturday. Like, this is the one they should have won. Let's be perfectly honest. This is the game that they should have won. Uh, they should have put more runs across. They should have limited things. Again, there was no errors, but it should have been because you can't give an error on a double play. That's the only reason it wasn't. It was an ugly situation. And, you know, the, the other team, I mean, Joey Bart stole a base in this one. He's not necessarily unathletic, but when Lavastida is back there, uh, not only is he struggling, he's not ready to be in the big leagues yet, uh, but his defense just isn't there either. So for as much as we all complain about Austin Hedges, at least when he's back there, teams have to respect the defense. At least he's, there's a positive value there. I thought it was interesting that like Owen Miller is still hitting sixth in the lineup or uh, seventh in the lineup. He continues to just thump. Now, again, it, it, <laughs> he had he went two for two with two walks. He reached base all four times. He had uh, his MLB leading uh, seventh double of the season. He's hitting the ball really well. Uh, what's getting them right now is like you look at this game as well. It's like Straw two hits, Jose Ramirez two hits. Two hits for Naylor, two hits for Miller, uh, and no one else had a hit. As a matter of fact, I don't think anyone else even reached base. I think everyone else was O for everything. So you're just, you know, Straw, then you have Quan who couldn't do anything. Then you had Ramirez, and you had Fran Miller and, and Ahmed who couldn't do anything. And you got Naylor and Miller, and then you had, you know, Jimenez, Clement, Lavastida, Mercado, nothing. So you have these hitters, and that's what happens when you just get these black holes in the lineup uh, that suck out all the energy. It's You get eight hits. And three walks, and you get two runs across. It's this was this was the game that drove me the most batty. Like I said, this is the one that they definitely should have won. You look at the opportunities: eight hits, three walks. That's eleven opportunities. Um, on the other side of things, five hits, five walks, two wild pitches. Like I said, I struggle with: do I count a wild pitch as an opportunity? Not an opportunity. Uh, typically, I do not. So they got five runs on ten opportunities. Uh, that is, or four runs, I'm sorry, and 10 opportunities. That is very high. They they were the guardians on the other side of things, had 11 opportunities to get two runs as low. One team overperformed, one team underperformed. You throw in, you know, the double play issue. You throw in just leaving guys on base all the time. I mean, when Clement pitch hit for Jimenez, uh, you know, he had two opportunities in there, and he left five men on base. Like he only had two opportunities, but left five guys on base. I mean, everyone else, it's interesting. Uh, Straw did leave some guys on base. I believe that was at the very end of the game, I want to say. But uh, the every other player who reached base twice in this one did not. It was like they were really effective outside of for just those four hitters. Uh, Naylor has looked good in his return. We'll see if he can keep it up. Uh, Ahmed Rosario is definitely starting to slip down. This is the thing. It's small sample size. It's early. We'll see what happens. Uh, he was a little up and down a year ago. He appears to be that way. Jimenez is not 
he may not be running away with the position, but it is interesting to like compare Jimenez and Rosario right now. And Jimenez has been the better hitter in the early going. Uh, Rosario looked good in that first week, but I mean, he laid an egg for this entire weekend, and that was that was a big issue for the Guardians. Uh, we're running a little long, so I'm going to come back and in segment two, I'm going to sit back and do the um, you know three stars for this game. We'll talk about the third game. We'll talk about Daniel Espino. Uh, talk about the DL. And we'll try to get a preview of the upcoming series, so tune in. This show is brought to you by BetOnline.net, which is your number one source for all of your betting stats, sports, info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. I'm still standing by my statement that they had some really nice odds on Stephen Kwan, and I still would have really liked to have put 20 bucks at 5,000 to 1 odds. Uh, that sounds, you know, or plus 5,000. Uh, you know, I need, to, I need to figure out what that all means, so I'm going to go to bed online myself and figure that out. Because there's been like three times I've gone and been like, oh, this is a, a dead set, you should definitely do this. And so far, we'll see what happens with Steve Kwan. I'm two for two with the Stephen Kwan situation still in the air. So if you need to find out more, go to bet online to learn. So in this most annoying of all games, who are our three stars? <laughs> who are the players uh, that stand out? Uh, Quantrell, not a great outing, let's be honest. Uh, the walks were a bit high, but he only had the two hits, two earned runs. He's not going to get it, but th- there's that. Um, Henches struck out the side. He also had a wild pitch. Uh, Trevor Steffen had another multi-inning solid relief. Um, up here, I'm saying I'm too much. I'm going back to the old ways. So, you know, Owen Miller, definitely. He reached base four times. Josh Naylor, definitely. He reached base three times. So it then comes down to, I think I have to give it to Straw over Jose Ramirez, because Straw had a double and a triple. He had two extra base opportunities, and he, yeah, he didn't convert in the ninth. But he had two opportunities, or he had two base hits. Both were extra base hits. So I'm, I'm going to go with Straw. So it's all offense in this one, which is... Odd to say for a team that scored two runs against a weak bullpen and a starter whose stuff has not uh, fully appeared this season. So, yay. And then Sunday, and Aaron Savale has not been sharp in the early going. He did manage to get five strikeouts in four innings, uh, three runs, four earned. Owen Miller has the an errant throw in this one. Uh, you know, this is also the ball getting stuck in Bobby Bradley's glove game. It's just... Ugh, I mean, everything in this one was just painful. <laughs> Sorry, this was just, ugh, ugh. You know, this whole weekend was painful. Like, I mean, honestly, let's let's just be honest. Like, did you enjoy any of this weekend as a Guardians fan? I didn't. Was there anything really all that? I mean, for as much as like, hey, Owen Miller really hit the ball hard. He also was just, he looked like he didn't know what he was doing on the infield multiple times. He couldn't make a throw from second to first. Uh, he, you know, it's like I appreciate the offense. You go and you look at F War. There were two players in baseball who what were how many total nine games in who are worth one win so far, and that's Owen Miller and Jose Ramirez. They've been the two best hitters in baseball, uh, and it's amazing that Owen Miller has a one uh, WAR so far through Fangraphs because he's got pretty awful defense grading. Um, I'm not going to talk about the Savant data because it's nine games. Like that's not there's no value to it. And outside of, like, fun facts, like, okay, so he's leading the league in doubles. 
okay, they're the only two players who have won war. Like, that's, you know, kind of fun, kind of interesting to look at. But, like, I mean, they need to figure for like, figure it out. Figure out first base, because right now this revolving door has just been a crud show. And this is the problem, right? Like, this is... I take the hat off, right? I'm just going to... This is my... My hair looks awful, whatever. Like, my frustration. It's like, why are they waiting till now? Like, why is it that this season is starting now? Let's see if Owen Miller can play first base. Let's see if if Ahmed Rosario can handle left field. Uh, and then we give up on it. It's like, this is what... I know it was a short spring training, but they did it last year. Like, this is what spring training's for. This is what the minor leagues are for. Why are we trying to do conversions on the fly? Like, it just... it. It makes no sense. It's just frustrating to watch these games and be like, okay, they're going to give it away because they didn't have Owen Miller get experience at these positions before. They didn't have Rosario get experience. And then we're going to keep running him out to be a shortstop with extremely limited range. Uh, you know, he's he's down to a five night. And then we're not going to... I mean, Fran Mel Reyes can't hit his way out of a bag right now. You have to make adjustments. You have to, like... They know, we know they won't. They don't make any changes in the early going. And I kind of get that. But, like, Franmo could be hitting 150 uh, halfway into May, and he'd still be hitting fourth. Uh, Tito isn't very slow to adjust things. It's like, it doesn't even have to be against everyone. But maybe you keep him there against lefties and move him down a little against righties when he is struggling that badly. Uh, you know, they did move. I will give credit. It's like the adjustment was made with moving Owen Miller up. But I feel like that was only because they gave Quan an off day because Quan was like, oh, for the weekend. Uh, he had, what, a walk in Friday's game and then nothing after that. So so who reached base twice? <laughs> let's, let's get on track and, and stop with my just anger. Uh, so you had Miles Straw who reached base twice in this one. And that might have been it. Um let me just double check. There was no hit batter or anything like that. Is I'm, I have this tendency to forget about the hit batters. Yeah, that's it. You had Miles Straw reach base twice. I mean, you had six different guys get one hit. You had three walks. Uh, Straw is the only player who had a hit and a walk. Nobody had multiple hits. So they just couldn't. I mean, Austin Hedges should be like, woo, he finally got a hit. He's only batting 0.45. I'm not going to say, like, I get hit 0.45 because I couldn't. I couldn't hit anything. I'd be batting a zero. But I'm pretty sure there are high school kids right now. I'm pretty sure there's like probably a really talented ninth grader who's 15 who could hit 045. Uh, you know, there's there's like, you know, when these, uh, when someone like Drew Jones, who's probably going to be the top overall player in this year's draft, was 15, he could probably hit 045. Like that's a 205 OPS. <sighs> but, but guess what? That 205 OPS and 045 batting average are still better in Lavastida, who's uh, so you are playing the relative hot bat. Mercado, for all that power, 188, 751. He's not the answer in right in right or left field. I know Fran Mill got to to go in the outfield and play today. Bobby Bradley isn't the answer. Like it's been bad. Like he has an option. He needs to. He needs. He had a bad spring. He's had a bad start to the year. Right now, with everything else going on, uh, you know, we had the phantom Yu Chen Chang injury because they didn't want to cut anyone. Like, they had to figure out what they were going to do. It's kind of mind-boggling that Bobby Bradley didn't get sent down. He has options. He's not a good defender at first base. Uh, he's not, he doesn't, he's not hitting well. He's very streaky. He doesn't have, he's a first base only guy, hitter who can't play every day, who doesn't have a single plus trait outside of his power, which, if you don't have a good enough hit tool, you can't access. 
So Bobby Bradley should already be in AAA. Like when Josh Naylor got called up, that's when Brad, Bobby Bradley goes down. I, I would we still have no announcement, just that Yu Chen Chang was put on the DL. So this gives them a little bit longer because uh, Chang is out of options. It's very odd. I don't know exactly what's going on there. Like one could make guesses um, if this is like a DL to trade or if it's a DL and there was some frustration over playing time or anything like that. I mean, that doesn't typically happen in the majors. We do see that in the minors, the phantom minors injury, which is really kind of like, um, you know, sometimes I hear that it's like, well, both sides agree to a DL split, like not necessarily the guardians, but I've heard stories where both sides agree that we'll put this player on the DL because the suspension would look bad for the team and it would look bad for the player. So he'll just have a phantom injury. I don't think, I've never heard of that happening in majors, and, and Chang has never been that player that I'd worry about that with. But, uh, I mean, he's always been, like, a stand-up dude. But it is just, it's an odd injury where they're like, okay, he's on the DL, but why? Why is, or it's not the, it's the IL, right? The injured list, not the disabled list. Whatever L he's on, I mean, the entire team took an L this weekend, let's be honest. Everything's... Ugh, it was not fun to watch. It was not fun to experience. I don't, and, and this isn't to say, oh, the season's oh, It's not. The Giants are a good team. I was probably, they are a team that are totally better in the sum of their parts. You go through, I, Brandon Belt has been on fire. Jock Peterson has been fantastic. But, I mean, Mike Ustremski has been dog poop for them. Darren Ruff is the, Brandon Crawford, Wilmer Flores. I mean, they are the guardians. They have nobody hitting for them. They're the same situation. They have like three hot bats and then a lot of meh. It's just the Guardians happen to be the the team that they teed up on. Uh, so, yeah, it was just bad timing to a degree. But uh, in general, it was, you know, they're not, their offense has not been any more productive in terms of like OPS average, things like that, than the Guardians. It just... Uh, this past weekend, they better put their stuff together. Uh, the Guardians didn't seem to put anything together consistently. The season is not over. We haven't even seen the majority of the young players are going to help this team. Uh, but we need to see consistency of approach. We need to see, and just, you know, the reasoning and rationale for a Bobby Bradley, for an Oscar Mercado, I don't see right now. Like, okay. Hit me up on my Twitter at JeffMLB Drafts. We'll go to break, come back, and talk about the three stars for this one. And then we'll also talk about some prospect stuff. But does anyone out there honestly think Bobby Bradley and Oscar Mercado are future Major League starters? Hit me up again at JeffMLB Draft. I don't know if there's anyone who still thinks that. Anyone at all. Because I I don't. I don't see how you think that. If you're like, well, who who would play there? Well, let's, let's let Miller play first base. Let's put... Jimenez at uh, shortstop and Rosario at second base because you know they should both be able to handle those positions uh, better than the positions. You know, Jimenez is a better defender. There's no doubt about that. Let's give our pitchers the best uh, possible infield defense. As for that outfield spot, like let's put Naylor out there. Or if you if you want to put you know uh, Naylor at first base and we can shift people around with Franmil getting some reps in the outfield. Um, that's fine, but it's like right now, every single day, we shouldn't see Mercado, we shouldn't see Bobby Bradley, we should be seeing Miller and Quan and Naylor. As long as Naylor's knee is healthy, those are the guys you should be seeing every single day. Uh, like I said, we're going to take our next commercial break, come back, do our three stars for this one, and then talk about Daniel Spino. 
So over with our friends over at BuiltBar.com, they got an Easter sale going right now. The whole site, uh, I don't know if this will still be running in the morning, but uh, you might want to go check that out. There's an Easter sale, 15% off the whole site right now. Or, I mean, you can always get 15% using the promo code LOCKED15. So there are Easter sales there, but there is always, and guess what? You can reuse that code. I use that code every time I place an order, and I place a lot of orders over at BuiltBar.com. Uh, remember, that is LOCKED15. Uh, they have a big sale, uh, the Built Boost. I've enjoyed my boosts over the years are all $4.95. Uh, that's a really cheap deal, just something you can add to give yourself some extra nutrients, vitamins. Uh, I'm very Like if I was to place an order right now, Yellow Chirp, Peanut Butter. Those would be my recommendations, but there's also so many new flavors. Things are always changing and coming and going. There are the base ones, but there are always limited releases, and that's part of the fun over at BuiltBar.com. Go check it out for yourself, and again, remember... While there might be an Easter sale right now, there is always a sale when you use the promo code LOCKED15. So again, the big thing, I want to thank you again for making Locked on Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. Uh, but the big thing I want to say is, again, I'm not saying anywhere near or approaching, the season's done. No, that that's a silly statement. Uh, anyone making that statement needs to just chill out. It's a frustrating weekend if you're a fan. There's no doubt in my mind, it is an extremely frustrating weekend. But at the same time, if you go and you look at the top 15 players by F Fantasy or Fantasy Fangraphs War F War, I, I cut it off at 13 because 13 is currently Stephen Kwan, but they currently have four of the top 13. By the way, 14 Sean Murphy, just kind of throw it out there. Uh, he's he's playing very well in the early going, but uh, yeah, Sean Murphy currently 14th, 15th Vladimir Guerrero. Hey, I, I know he had that big home run game, but still. Uh, Matt Olson, fourth. Seiya Suzuki, who I talked about many times in this show, fifth. Uh, Frankie Lindor, sixth. You know, just some fun with names. Uh, but then you also go down, it's like uh, Connor Joe, 18th. It's okay if you don't remember him from his Pirates days, I want to say, uh, before he went to Colorado. Wilson Contreras, who we talked about a lot on this show, 21st. So there's you know a lot of names. I'm going to do a quick pause here. Sometimes you just need a drink, right? Of, of water. <laughs> it wasn't that bad of a weekend. I'm not sitting here like, oh, drove me to drink. Well, you know, what a weekend to stop sniffing Lou, right? That's when an airplane reference, please don't take that as anything other than me uh, trying to do bad comedy here, uh, which is what this weekend was. It was, it was bad comedy. Uh, enough. I will lay off. It was like, okay, here's the thing. I can deal with losses when it's irritating losses. These were games that like you were watching them like, Oh, man, is this over yet? Like, you just knew they weren't going to pull it off. It just, it was not coming together. But things that did come together, how about Daniel Espino's first start? Four and two-thirds, hitless innings, walk three batters, striking out seven. Uh, the, what, six innings, uh, there was a single in the seventh, so it was not a no-hitter. Akron won 11 nothing. Um, it's it's a nice start. We'll see how it goes. Uh you know, there's always going to be the questions about his command. Uh, three batters and four and two-thirds, it's fine. It's not ideal, but it's fine. You know, I still am not as high. Like I said, I understand everyone who is high. The stuff has always been there. You can go back to, like, when they drafted him. I'm like, I think the most likely outcome is that he ends up being, you know, maybe the most dominant reliever in baseball. Uh, but... There is a high risk and a high amount of variance, and I know he is improving in a lot of areas, and there's um, 
you know, it's a lot of stuff that was written in the spring where just talking about him, like, you know, Eric Longenhagen of Fangraphs, he's one of the big names in the prospect community, was talking about him being better than um, lighter with uh, Texas. And some people consider, you know, one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. So it, it's, I know, I know there's people out there mad because I've never been fully in and on a Sweeno, and we'll have to see. And again, I, you know, I've always been very honest. There's a chance where he becomes a dominant, dominant starter. There's a chance where he becomes uh, more of a mid-rotation or maybe, you know, there's a, there's totally a baseball-only path similar to Trevor Bauer where he just keeps getting better and figures it out but has like elite stuff from the drop but has some control issues that hold him back. And again, if I'm making the Trevor Bauer comp, I'm only doing that exclusively as on the baseball field where like people forget like Bauer until like year four or five was more of a back-end starter for Cleveland. But we'll have to see. Uh, I mean, there's also the one where he just has trouble staying healthy. And then we've seen a lot of pitchers who the health and command issues seem to build on each other until, um, you know, they, they end up not coming together. Uh, but this was a fun, <laughs> man, I'm such a downer in this one. I'm sorry. I know people get mad when I'm negative. Uh, everything's turning into negative. But it, Espino is a exciting and interesting prospect. In spite of my own hesitations, in spite of my own concerns, he still misses a ton of bats. He has elite velocity, at least two plus pitches. I, he, I, you know, we'll have to see. Gavin Williams, though, I... I don't know if I could say I would rank Williams higher than Espino, but I think the gap between them for me is a lot lower than most people. Uh, you know, he's been untouchable through, what is it, through eight and two-thirds innings. He racked up 17 strikeouts. Two starts, 17 strikeouts. So, I mean, let's do the math, right? He had a max of 26 out. He recorded 26 outs. 17 of them came by the strikeout. Now, Gavin Williams is a bit of a departure for this Guardians team. He is a models-based pitcher. He is someone who had elite stuff, but he's an older prospect. Not necessarily always their type, but they win. You know, now, he did have the strikeout and the walk rate that matched up. It's more, uh, I know last year, I believe it was last year, where it's like they didn't send anyone out They until very late in the process. They were relying heavily on video scouting and um, the numbers they could get. So I'll be curious. Now, I see a lot of stuff already in the early goings of this year because of what they did last year that just assume um, college pitcher uh, for them. I, I I just want to say again, I would hold, you know, pump the brakes on any of those thought processes. The Guardians went so heavily in college pitching because it was the depth of the draft. They leaned into what that draft was, which was the best college pitching uh, draft I had seen um, in my lifetime of covering the draft. It was the deepest one by far. And they, it's not that they just leaned into pitching. They leaned into college pitching. They didn't take a lot of prep arms. It was mostly college arms all the way through. So this year's class is more college hitter uh, in terms of the depth. Now, it's, it's not a good class at the top. Let's be perfectly honest. Uh, you know, there, there's some concerns with almost everyone except for, like, Drew Jones. Uh, I think he's probably, you know, putting himself up on a, a pedestal. We'll see if uh, Baltimore pays him, which, I mean, that's going to be the question more than anything else with this one. I know I'm getting off topic here. They have avoided paying players, so we'll see if that happens. And it's like Brooks Lee is, is the number two guy, unless you really like Tamar Johnson. And it's like there's those three, and then yeah, we can leave that up for debate at a later point in time. But the Guardians, what's fun is this is two 
really interesting pitching prospects. Uh, both really coming out of the gate throwing. Uh, it's going to be fun to follow, fun to watch. And that's one of the things. Like Even when the product on the field has a weekend like this one, where it was just bad. There's no other way around it. It was a bad weekend for baseball, which is what you want in your home opener. Uh, all the excitement with your rookie of the year candidate, your new extension uh, for your MVP uh, leader type, your extension to your all-star closer, to your your center fielder, uh, all that excitement, and then they just poop the bed. It's um, That is not ideal, but there's always something fun going on in the minors. There's always something to check out. I'll take a second and chat up, you know, uh, friend of the show and just friend of mine uh, in covering this stuff, Justin Lada. Let me make sure I get his Twitter exactly correct. But, like, Justin always has clips and data on the minors, and even if things aren't going well in the majors, there's always somebody like Justin out there who is going to let you know what's going on in the minors, who has video and quicks, quick clips um, you know, just in general out there, and there's always going to be that. So even because of the minors, it's not like... Like I remember when I first went to Double A Akron, and it was really, it was literally considered like a dead, dead zone. Like there wasn't, a, of course, that was the team with Yandi and Clevenger, so you never know what you're gonna find. But uh, there were definitely times where it was a stratified minors. So that's not the case anymore. They have interesting players at every level to check out and follow. So again, go follow Justin at JL underscore Baseball. I knew, I would have put his last name in it, uh, so I'm glad I went and double checked it. But uh, I want to thank everyone for listening, rating and reviewing, downloading. It really helps. Remember to check out. Locked on MLB with our good buddy Sully, who was on last week. And as I end every show now, go, go, Guardians, go.